I really love the definition by Joanna Macy of an activist being anybody who is active for a purpose that is bigger than personal gain. In the Shoalhaven, we're getting flogged by climate change, by fires and floods and extreme weather that is increasing in severity and frequency. We are in a time of great uncertainty, of grief and of despair. But I see women working together. Women who are using their unique skills, their creativity and their values to work within their capacity to care for planet and for people. Welcome to Active and Effective. I'm Sheree. Bolawani Naga, Takisa Frank Banaga, Aboriginal Gainja. Hello, my name is Takisa Frank and I'm a proud Aboriginal woman. Naga Banja Jin Nayawanya Darida. I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land, the people of your nation. Naga Banja Biyayin Bagunguyin Bugiya Banawe Babunja Yuan Wanana Yawe Nawe. I would like to pay respect to elders both past and present and extend that respect to any other Aboriginal people listening to this podcast. So my guests today, Patty and Jenny, I've gotten to know through being active together in our community. And we live in the little village of Manana, and we all live and play on the glorious Geringer country. We share a deep love of the ocean, of catching waves, and I've really enjoyed our time of carving out this fair place for the women in the local surfing lineups. We've worked together in community and fundraising and we've been involved in projects like uh, the boomerang bags that left a legacy that continues and lots of things over the last 10 years. We've also attended countless Redhead Villages Association (laughs) meetings. Some of them are heated and there's been some important ones where the hall's been overflowing and there's been some that felt like they would never end. (laughs) And we've continued to remain active in the planning and protection of this biodiversity hotspot and its people. Like most communities on the South Coast, it's eclectic and it's diverse. But there is a common thread, a deep connection and love for this beautiful, natural place with a unique history of effective collaboration, along with a good dose of rebellion, illegal sea shanties and surfing holidays that never ended. Patty and Jenny are co-authors of The Five Villages. It is a historic picture book that captures some stories and some culture and today I'd like to welcome Patty and Jenny. Thank you. Thank you. So I'd really like to hear about your relationship with Manana when you both first came to Manana and and how you came to live. So I came probably here in my last year of high school as a 17 year old, 71. My boyfriend then, my boyfriend who is now my husband was a surfer so he brought me down here um, we'd stay at Don Hearns. We bought a block of land in 75. We started building with it. We'd work, we worked for almost six years in Sydney and got the money together and just did the house as, it, as, it, as we got the money. And then we got married in 77 and came here. Um, it was in the day where we'd work, stay here for a week, then we'd go up to Sydney and work for a week. Jeff had a mowing run and I'd help him. 
Okay. Yeah. So I didn't know you were original like Don Hearns. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. But the Don Hearn, we probably wouldn't have anywhere to stay. We used to say Don's, yeah. Yeah, you came yeah. to Don's and yes. then built yes. and never left. Yes, and never left. Yeah. And it's still there today. Yeah. My yeah. house. Our house. Oh, both. Don, Don, yeah, Don, 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 like most people do, mm, yeah. I suppose, 40 years ago. And I've just continued on as I was casual for until about 14 years ago. And I've lived here ever since. And I absolutely love it. I have a passion for the area. Sometimes my passion can get overwhelming and I have to lock myself in the house because I don't want to upset anyone. Because <laughs> I so I, But it's the most beautiful area. We are so gifted to live where we live. And Patty and I are really passionate about looking after it. And that's why we documented it as well. So that people realise how beautiful the, the Manana and the five villages is. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the book really does um, capture the beauty of the place along with a lot of other things. So tell me about when you guys first met and how you became friends. Well, mm. I said I, I was a casual person yeah. and then I'd see Patty walking and running and I'm going, ooh, that girl does all the stuff I do. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Maybe I... Ask her, does she want to go for a walk? Or because I knew no one when I first moved down, so I was sort of like, oh, Nigel, no friends. <laughs> anyway, and I see Patty all the time, and she'd talk, and she was really like, oh, oh, she's a nice girl. Anyway, and then I had a two stops, stand up paddle boards, and I said to Patty, oh, would you like to come stand up paddling? And the rest is history. Yeah, we started just on flat water, and then we started on one inch waves, and we ended up, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's how it all started. Mm. And having the um, mm. the Granny Grommets. That's granny right. Grommets, Soft Sisters, all that. Yes. And it yeah. ended up after six years of friendship, we worked out that we went to the same school. Mm. Oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> At the same time, yeah? Yeah. But uh, I'm a little in, bit older. She was in the, like, oh, then it was called Year Fifth Form. So she was in Year 11 and 12 and she come to our school in year 11 and 12. It was a ladies' college. It was a ladies' college. Ladies' college, and of course. It didn't I work. was in year 10, <laughs> so it sort of didn't meet at school at okay. all. It took ages for us to work mm. it out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, hmm. and, and, and so our love of fitness and outdoors, we'd walk, we'd bike ride, we'd surf, and that's how we did all our meetings too. Yeah. They weren't, weren't study indoor meetings about the book. No. We would just talk all the time. Well, yeah. we were exercising. And even between waves. Yeah. yeah. You'd remember yes. things. <laughs> so we spent yeah. a bit of time because of our love. We were out in the water and out yeah. in the in fresh air. Doing the things yeah. that you yeah. love. Yes. And that's yes. the place yes. you love. Yes. It still continues on exactly. to this day. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So can you tell me why you thought it was really important to bring the book into the world? Was it a long time planning like, or did this come after the fires? And there was sort of lots of reasons. We, we sort of thought... Older people's memories, we need to document them while they're here. Yep, like In, Dougie's story. Like Dougie, exactly, yeah. so many. So mm. our history is sort of taken from first-hand experiences and, of course, we wanted to acknowledge the First Nations people, so that was an important part of the story, the book. Um, we wanted to make people f- know what this community was like and what made it 
Um, we wanted to acknowledge the local legends and what they did. There's so many of them. Uh, and we're so grateful just to be part of this community, a sense of belonging, pride. We wanted new people to know the history of the place, like the history of the development process and anti-development process, that sort of thing. Um, and it's sort of the whole place is built on surf culture, sport, so we wanted that to come out as well. Yeah, just the, you know, resilience, togetherness, sense of community, all those think, type of themes. And the fire. Fires, yes. There were so many stories in the fires. As we yeah. know, we all have our personal story. Yeah. And it was like, you could write a book about this. Oh, mm. yeah, definitely. And oh. that's, it. Yes. wasn't it? And it was like, yes. and that's how it's sort of, there's so many stories. Everyone's got a story. Yes. And it was nice, as mm. Patty said, to interview the older people because they're mm. the stories. Yes. You know, they've got the stories that they're important and we cherish those. Mm. And did they, they love telling us it mm. was so beautiful. The faces mm. light up. Mm. They have everything mm. out, didn't they? Mm-hmm. It was so mm-hmm. – that was actually the best yes. part of the book. It was. Is interviewing the older people and yep. someone cared. You know, mm. we really – we cared. We loved it. We yeah. more. It was great. So that was – part of the process as well. Yeah. And, and I had these scrapbooks. Oh, God. The, the scrapbooks. 10 scrapbooks, A3 oh size scrapbooks from the Milton Ollard other times. They were falling oh, apart. Jenny right. says, you need to do something with yeah, these. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They still fall apart. Oh, the scrapbooks. The scrapbooks. We had yes. to go through the scrapbooks. Yeah, all of, all of Patty's scrapbooks. Yes, over yeah. 15 years of writing for the, doing the Menyana Bendalong News story. And of yep. staying organised, like we, Patty's really good at oh. bringing along her little past notes. And... <laughs> <laughs> I've got mine, I forgot to bring them, sorry. <laughs> and Jenny's just on the fly here oh, today. Yes. <laughs> yes. I learnt from George Lowry, who the Menyana Matters, and the first time she did an interview, I saw her and she had post it notes everywhere. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, George. You think of things George later. Lowry's post-it thing has been something that I've used a lot yes. as well. Yes, yeah, yeah it's a really handy yes. one. Exactly. Yeah, so it was a huge project um, to undertake. I wonder if you still would have done it if you'd known what was involved. I think so, looking back from, from what I'm hearing. But but just tell me about if you would have done it, if you knew how big it was going to I'm be. I'm not sure. Oh, the and husbands wouldn't the have husbands let us wouldn't say. have had it, and I'm not sure. Like. I, I actually didn't mind this. I love the stories and I love the pictures, but I, I really didn't like the computer side of it. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And date of birth, you know, I wasn't born with a computer on my lap. So I found that I could spend all day trying to fix up a picture. Mm. And okay. by the end of it, I'm like, oh, my goodness. And you couldn't just ask people all the time. Yeah. We try and save mm up mm-hmm. the questions and then ask someone. But the computer side of it was the part that I would never do again. Okay. But the mm-hmm. rest of it I loved. Yeah, loved yeah. it. Yeah. And, and sourcing high-resolution photos as well. Mm-hmm. People gave us so many photos. I think we culled down from 6,000. Yeah. But Facebook photos, Instagram photos, for example, aren't any good. So we had to source high-resolution photos. Yeah. That's... And the ones that we really wanted that were no good, we had to get somebody to fix for us. Yeah. Okay. Mm, so. So the biggest challenges were with technology and that mm-hmm. was, you know, taking yep. you away from your time outside and your families and, yeah. yeah. Mm. And the screen. And like, the screen, yeah, it's exhausting yeah. in a different way, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. – I learned a lot of things. I'm, <laughs> yes. not, I'm yes. a bit more IT literate than what I was. So there's always a positive, 
But yeah, I wouldn't do the. I'd I'd hire someone. Yeah, out, outsource, yeah. outsource is the advice yeah. from that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. To get somebody that knows what they're doing. Yeah. 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 So, I remember a few years before the fires, um, of seeing Jenny in a photo, and it, this was outside what we know as the um, wastelands, or it was the the Dune Estate. So this was a piece of land that was horrendously clear felled in the middle of spring for um, a housing development in Manana. And there was a photo that had George, Lowry and you and somebody else and I can't remember who that was. But what I remember is seeing you standing up for this clear felling and I thought that it was super brave and I just, I didn't think that there was any way that we could stop things like that from happening at that time. Um, so that forest had been felled in an instant and it left a gaping hole in the middle of Manana. And I quickly lost my memories of that forest and what it looked like, except for the red dirt that had, had coloured my children's, young children's clothes because it stains quite prolifically. But I really didn't think that you could stop progress. But in your book you have a chapter that is Stand United, Stand Firm. And it tells a story of a community that does change the course. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about the history in Manana of activism, of inappropriate development and of your involvement in the fight to protect the precious place we know as the Five Villages? The beginning of our Stand United, Stay Firm chapter is there's an insert which actually covers high-level information, and then we go into it, the nitty-gritty. But what we said is we might well say that with great beauty comes tremendous duty to treat our community, landscape and seascape, with the utmost love and protection. For decades now, the people of Manana and Bendalong have fought their share of good fights against overdevelopment, environmental destruction and to preserve the original spirit of the place. I feel we've been very successful in this area and it's the passion of the people that have created the outcome. Yeah. It's an incredible story. To me, it's a really important chapter and it was useful for anybody new to come to to find out what was going on instead of saying, okay, you've got to stop this, what? Whatever. Yeah, and I didn't really have a grasp on it. Right. I'd been in right. town for quite some time, but that yeah. that story really changed my opinion on having an impact. So, Good. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was like Don Hearns and the Rage Cage where the very first meeting of the um, Bendelong Conservation Association happened. Um, that was in, like, late 80s. Um, a Rage Cage. Of the Rage Cage. Don Hearns, everybody, anyone who stayed at Don Hearns would know that it was called the Rage Cage. Okay. And the meeting was held there. Yeah, Don okay. came with it, and but that was all right. That was the first <laughs> meeting. Um, like in the 90s, we had things like we had a gun club, a shooting range people wanted to put in. Um, this, well, the sewage, we also had to sort of battle against. They once had to wanted to put an ocean outfall at the north end um, for overflow. There was so many multiple things. There was a mega tip. A 300-acre megatip. So th- this was like housewives and grandmas and, and young, well, youngish, we were young then, that first time they'd sort of had, a, had anything to do with active, activism or advocacy, things like that. 
Then so this was the uh, proposed mega tip along Bendalong Road. Yes, that's and right. And we had families showing up. That's right. To, to protest It that. culminated in the 1996 16-day block, block blockade. 16-day blockade. 16-day blockade. Against logging, first of all, and um, and the mega tip. It's about, you know where the flying pig letterbox is? It's around that area there. Yeah. So it started at 5 o'clock in the morning on a winter's morning, so it wasn't pleasant weather or anything like that. Uh, and people would, they set up a tent city, um, people would come and drop food and drink. People stayed there 20, 24-7 for 16 days. Channel 10 News was there. They didn't, for 10 days, they did a nightly report. Playgroup would be held out there. The kids would get dressed in their school uniforms. The school bus would pick them up, take them to school. They'd drop them there after school. <laughs> um, and somebody was there 24-7. We had the Wilderness Society. This is, this is our, our first sort of bit of activism, I guess. And we, were, we weren't greenies or we weren't, we're, we weren't aggressive or anything. That The main thing was to stay peaceful. Um, the Wilderness Society came down and they taught the community how to process things like the clock drill, the tripods over the machinery. Um, and it was in the day too when we didn't have mobile phones. So a lot of the funds that were raised were spent on trunk calls. Do you know what a trunk call is? No, <laughs> what's a trunk call? <laughs> <laughs> like an STD call. Like phone phone um, communication cost a lot of money then. Okay. Um, we didn't have mobile phones. Maybe someone towards might have had the big brick, big, big brick phone, you know. But we had a phone tree, a phone tree. We started a phone tree um, in like the 80s or something and the purpose of it was for the police or someone to ring maybe one of three people at the top of the phone tree if the school bus was late because of fires and flood and, and accidents and things like that. And then one person would ring two people and that down the line they would ring another two, down, 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 to like 50-odd people or something. So that's all we had to do. If we, for example, out at the blockade, if loggers or police or someone came out, we would have to use a phone tree to get more, more of a crowd out okay. there, things like that. Yeah, there was no, like, Facebook announcement. No. Come and help save no. the forest now. Yeah. Exactly. So it's, it was much, much different then. And to landlines, which kids, and to landlines. kids don't even know what they no. are these days. <laughs> exactly, to <laughs> landlines. Yeah. Um, and so the police were constantly there, but everything was fine. It was peaceful. There was no aggression. But how, going back a bit, how that started, there were two women, Beryl, who's a grandma, and Kerry, who was a grandma then. She was, like our age, 60-odd or something, and Kerry, they set up a card table on the Bendy Road and they said, toot if you care, if you're worried about the logging, if you're worried about the mega tip. And that's how they got their message across. There was another guy very instrumental in it, Peter. Peter came along, lives on the Ringola Road, stopped and said, what are these two women doing? So he got the whole story and he became quite instrumental in the whole fight. He was the more... Um, organisational, bureaucratic, conversing type, networking type person. So um, there was lots and lots happened, meetings in Sydney and and meetings down here and and whatever. There wasn't, well, there was no social media. So there was a hard copy notice board with big lots of writing about what was happening and what was happening behind the scenes and things like that. You go there every day and see what had happened and read on the notice board, yeah, Yeah. what was happening behind the scenes. 
What ended up happening, happening was a moratorium was placed on all logging until the regional forest agreement was resolved. Now, it took a long time and a lot of going back backwards and forwards with government officials and, and all that sort of thing. It's culminated in the 52-page submission called the Greater Conjola National Park, a biodiversity hotspot. And what followed then was a campaign called Storm the Politicians. So everybody wrote letters and faxes and whatever and rang mate vocals and, and that type of thing. It wasn't until the 1st of January 2001 that the Conjola National Park was officially gazetted. Yeah. And there was also 40-something-odd other South Coast national parks that were either expanded or, or, or initiated. Yeah, so a, a massive celebration, which a means that we are now surrounded by national parks exactly. and villages. Exactly. Yeah. It's huge. I probably just need to go back. Like, the blockade went for 16 days. Yep. A week after the moratorium was declared, a week after the blockade ended, the logging contingent, of which we had no beef with at all, yep. the logging contingent blocked the Bendy Road for 16 minutes. Now, uh, this was a time when the school bus was going going to school, so we had to just stay there. That was their little protest. You blocked us out for 16 days. We're going to block your road for 16 minutes. I know oh. Debbie. Debbie was on her way to work and she could not do anything. Yeah. But so I that repeat, was their little retaliation. Okay. That was their little, yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so that was the start of things to come. Yeah. And the force of the community and how successful we have yeah. been. And I love what you said about that you weren't necessarily these um, greenies, so to speak, that you were that you were just people that were really concerned about the place. And mm-hmm. I think I, I really enjoy that kind of that story of how people step into the work and environmental work when they didn't see themselves there. It's just mm-hmm. just just comes from really loving a place mm-hmm. and needing to do something about it. And like how incredibly brave for those two women mm. to just set up a card table. And call something mm. out. Legendary stuff. Yeah. It, they <laughs> are legends, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and who would have thought Manana would beat development like we have? Yeah. Like, mm. it's amazing. Mm. I always used to go home and go, not sure we're going to win. Yeah. You've yeah. got to keep trying. Mm. And lo and behold, up until, the, you know, I'm not saying in the future, but it's amazing we still live in paradise absolute mm. paradise and it's been day, yeah. the community and a lot of work that have kept it that way amazing yeah, absolutely mm. now, i kind of feel a little bit like um mm. there's been a baton passing so that you know there's been community that worked beyond capacity mm-hmm. for many years to have that um, place become national parks all around us so people have put big chunks of their life mm. into preserving amazing. the area and mm. As, as somebody that's worked since the fires on, on protecting Manana, I feel like I've just accepted the baton from other people that have played big roles in the past and then we mm. all must kind of do our, our bit there. So mm. we'll lean on to that post-fire, mm-hmm. um, what happened in Manana there. I, I really want to hear about um, the protesting that took place in, in Manana during the pandemic and, um, yeah, what roles you played in protecting that little piece of forest. I was always a number. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I'm an extra. Like in the film, I'm an extra. Always turn up. You've got to have the numbers. Yes. And you've got to have, you've got to be there and if someone asks you, you've got to be quite stern. I'm just a small player but I'll always turn up. But we have a lot of amazing leaders within our community Mm. and 
I just get amazed every time I take a project mm. or turn up what turns up and the expertise yes. of all these people. I'm like, oh, my goodness, it's amazing what people, they everyone just lives there and just loves it. And then all of a sudden we've got to stand up and you see them and I'm like, I didn't know they could do that. And everyone's so passionate about it. Everyone does their job. And as I said, up till now we haven't had it. We have one small estate and other than that we've kept them at arm's but, length. You know, Jenny, you're on the grass. You're on the grassroots though. Mm. When we needed letters, for example, oh, written, God. you would door knock, <laughs> you would email, you would message that culminated in extras. Hundreds you know, I'm definitely yeah, not of the letters. Main event, you would but talk. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was always mm. yeah on the ground. Oh, you mm. need someone to deliver. Oh, you need this. Look, and yeah. I, yeah. So your daily walks would often be like activism. Oh, yeah, let it stop. I need to do my steps today. Yeah, I'll do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do yeah. yeah. And my favourite little memory <laughs> from that um, protest at the fence. So we did a <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you guys were cutting laps oh, around. Because well, we <laughs> we had to. Say. Yeah. Do you want to tell the story? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, well. We were going round and round the perimeter of the Menyana Beach Estate, which is a twenty-acre, you know, parcel of land, and it was in the middle of the COVID pandemic. You weren't allowed to gather, so what we would do is we had a day. We had a day in May that started with Zoom yoga, a gentleman from New York, and then everybody was encouraged to come around and exercise around the Menyana Beach Estate which had been fenced too. So um, kids, people had kids, there were kids, there were adults, there were scooters, skateboards, walkers, uh, frisbees, dogs, someone even juggled, street tennis. <laughs> people were walk, encouraged to walk to the beach with their boards, in, with, with signs and T-shirts as well. And, yeah, there was a few of us, we were walking around the block <laughs> and I think we were, <laughs> there's a little video of... Jenny's just, she's a great walker. Jenny walks fast. But she said, I said to her, oh, we'll go around again. We're going around again. Is that yeah. Just, yeah. just a little we're snippet. Yeah, that's all they caught was me going, are we, we going, going again? again? And I'm like, oh, yes. my goodness. <laughs> but, yeah, we're always there. Um, Patty and I and whoever we could bring along, our partners, Patty would yes, bring yes, the yes, grandchildren. Yeah. Yes. We'd gather yes. everyone up. We'd have the T-shirts. We were always there. We were Signs, yes. Very good extras, yeah. yeah. Always but showing that, up and good yeah, at cutting yes. that extra lap when you yeah. have to. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> We're going again, says Jenny. Oh. That was an awful <laughs> thing. I couldn't believe it when I saw it on social media. I'm like, but Jenny's oh, a good walker. Yeah, and a good yeah, walker. Yeah, yeah. like, again. Again, not again. <laughs> but that day the bush was alive with people and birdsong and it was just yeah, a was wonderful atmosphere. Yeah, it was yes. a fabulous yes. day. It was. And it a was, successful day. Yeah. And... Really exciting to kind of be a little bit naughty and in community, but you know, under yes. the guise of doing our daily exercise. Yes, and, and the police were there a lot, and they yeah. they were fine. We weren't yeah. doing anything. It was the start of a harmful. such an amazing campaign, and to be that successful, mm. the trucks mm. were coming in. Mm. The man had the hammer; he was ready to put the first nail in. Mm. Yeah, mm. and it just mm. never happened. Like that's amazing. It's so such a big thing to mm. be that successful in that. Oh my god! I'm, yeah, I'm impressed with everyone. I just like I'm overwhelmed. The yes. more I talk about it, yeah, because mm. in COVID, all these people came out of the woodwork 
very professional and, yeah. and knew what they were doing and had all these contacts with our media yeah, people. it was incredible. What about the day when we got the surfboards? Everybody was encouraged yeah, to bring yeah, their surfboard right. down to the Oval. To write stop. And, yeah, have a couple of hundred surfboards or something and we wrote the word S-T-O-P mm. and it's there's drone drone footage there. Yeah, that shows the forest and this it's massive yes. stop sign written in surfboards. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I love what you're saying that there was just this real um, sense of all the people that love Manana having this diversity of skills and all mm. bringing them to the table mm. for that. Mm. Yeah, it really mm. is extraordinary. Mm. Um, exactly. And because of that our forest still stands mm. there and... Hopefully mm. it will lead to a, an amazing outcome like um, yeah. it has in the past. I mean, the, the amazing thing too was it was a, a time to educate and encourage the young people. I mean, I'm just talking as a grandmother, my mm. grandchildren, um, and they got to learn about the greater glider and they made animal craft thing, probably from Cherie's idea of the owls with all the, with all the yeah. Um, yeah. fabric. And people were bringing, sending, fab, sending owls and artwork to Bendy Shop to hang on yeah. our fence. Schools in Sydney but, were sending yeah. these little owls yeah. down that they'd made at their art school. Exactly. Um, and I, mm. I notice now when I see that earlier stuff in the campaign of mm. how much my children have grown. Do you notice mm. that, Patty? Oh, like your totally. kids were a big part of the mm. campaign. Yes, they were a lot younger, but yours. Like look at Luca. She's now in she's, Parliament House speaking eloquently yeah. about climate change and, and issues like that. But then the Bazdocks too were the face of Greenpeace, ah. which was, which was <laughs> you know, like, I mean, you're probably um, immodest about it all, but you are the face of Greenpeace's Australian Pacific Climate Change Project. And one of the hero photos in that book is the photo of you four holding hands in the bush. Oh, so beautiful. Um, it it's, it's a hero photo, that one. Yeah, Definitely. we were really yeah. privileged to be asked to kind of tell a little bit of the story of um, the fires down here by Greenpeace and mm. Mm. Um, that was kind of the start of us just saying yes for causes that were bigger than ourselves mm. and that's kind of continued. You just mm. do what you mm. can because you love the place and I that's think right. that's the story and how it's been going. So your book's been a fantastic success. You've been interviewed everywhere and you've sold how many so far? About 830, yeah. 40, Second run, second yep, print second run. run. Mm. And so mm-hmm. tell us about how you're using the funds from the book. That was part of the initial, oh, we'll write the book. Yeah. And what then the next question was, before we even did anything with the book, what will we do with the funds? And that's where we come up with the safety equipment because we live in a long way away from any help, really. So it's important because we love the community, we love the place, again, to look after everyone. So we decided on safety equipment for all our beaches. Yeah. So and what does that safety equipment look like? Well, it's a defibrillator and yeah. two rescue tubes. Yeah. And we've got the Ulla Dollar Men's Shed, an amazing job, have built these beautiful boxes for us. And our partners have been putting them up around the area. Good husbands. Oh, they are. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, it's so fulfilling seeing these boxes completed. And, look, I hope they don't ever have to be used. But there's a big chance they will and I just hope we have saved at least one life. Yeah, we so have we, a history of um, some pretty tragic oh, things taking yeah. place out there. And mm-hmm. now even people, if they're not near the water, 
there's enough defibrillators around town that elderly people now feel a lot better because there's a defibrillator up the road. Mm. That was our aim. We actually got a map and put down where we wanted to put them. Yep. And, yeah, and that's what we've done with the money. Yeah, those defibs Mm. are popping up on the beaches everywhere. Um, Have you you guys been involved in any rescues in the ocean in your surfing time? Remember that time when Tracy was had to paddle down to Conjola? Yeah, we were on paddleboards and we went down and, yeah, yeah. Conjola is another unpatrolled, geographically isolated beach. Yeah. Yeah, mm. Tracy did um, have to go down and, and put someone aboard yeah. till somebody sort of came out. And, yeah, my children, have, well, most surfers have been involved in helping out in a rescue. Yeah, yeah. So usually the surfers that, that, that help, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's just such a long way from help, so it's just... Well, it, an ambulance is definitely mm. 20 to half an hour, you know, half an hour away. And, and so. Well, as, la- as late as... As recent as just two weeks ago, one of the defibs was used. I thought it might have been mm. in that incident, so, mm. so mm. it's, all, it's mm. already been used. Yes. Yeah. yes. Oh, mm. thank you. It's such a huge gift mm. to our area, and I've pulled people from the sea in Manana and mm. yeah, nearly been mm. pulled under trying to save people. So mm. I feel really grateful that they exist now, yeah. and what a mm. great legacy from That's that. That's why we got mm. two tubes mm. in each box. Okay, yep. Because often the person rescuing gets pulled under and so we feel if there's two if the the swimmer feels a bit nervous or not sure they can take one as well so that when they're putting the patient or the person in trouble mm. they can use the rescue tube themselves to stay above the water yeah and mm. they can put the other person so the in rescuers, the other rescue tube yeah, yeah rescue is safe as well we've played around with them at washies well, yeah both and, we, yeah. and they float you they, they float, float you really well yeah. yeah even if you couldn't bring someone in you could be out there floating to you can float okay mm. awesome well let's hope we don't yes. have to use them this summer mm. but they're there anyway mm, which is really right. great so just to finish up In a few words, I just want to ask you a few questions about local environment and climate change. I want to know what has you really fired up right now? I get really fired up about a lot of things, especially our area. Yes. And my husband or partner is exactly the same. He's fired up at the moment about the birds on the beach and the eggs. And he's just, you know, they're endangered. They're so important. You know, everyone needs to look after it. And we're... We're like that about everything. Like yeah. we're just passionate about it. And I'm passionate about just I won't walk over rubbish. I worry about the, the animals in the sea. I worry about like I, I just want to keep the environment the way it is. And I walk with a lot of different people and I figure every time I pick up something it triggers them to think, oh, I should be doing that. Well, that's right, you should. Not that I'd say anything but... It just triggers people that you should look after the environment. As I'm just a small person looking after my small area, but from small things, big things grow Mm. and everyone has got to do their bit. And we really try to do whatever we can in whatever way. Mine is mainly making sure there is no rubbish and making sure people aren't destroying the area. There's nothing worse than going somewhere and there's all people who've done things and it just really upsets me. Like Mm. I like you having a good time here but can you please not, you know, 
this is everyone's home. It's beautiful. Please don't do it. Yeah. yeah so, please respect the place. So my yeah. environmental respect is worldwide but passion locally. Yeah, yeah. directed into mm. actions. Yeah. And I love that you said mm. that you're just doing it by example as well. Just keep, Yeah, it's a yeah. important thing. Mm. If everyone did something every day, yeah. it would make a really big difference. I agree, Jenny. Yeah. yeah. And what about you, Patty? Well... This awful world at the moment, I think I would just like animals, people, environment to coexist harmoniously. Yeah. What's happening in the world. But here, I guess housing and and rental accommodation crisis, it bothers me. I think we might probably need to investigate more into tiny houses and maybe higher density in, say, Nowra, where people can live there without cars and um, all the infrastructure is there. I don't think too much development needs to happen in these small coastal villages. It's more in the bigger areas. You know what I'm cranky about too? Anti-protesting laws. Yes. You know, the money, um, the jail time, you know, that's pretty scary. And why are we sending, why are we propagating the war machine? Why is that money? You could be doing a lot with it, but they're enormous issues. You're really high level. Yeah. <laughs> I know. But we, we, we definitely need both ends both of the ends. stick. We yeah. do. Up <laughs> we do need this. Yeah, both yeah, ends of the stick. We do need yeah. all the secrets exactly. of caring exactly. about all the things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely justified um, mm. f- anger for those things. And I also want to know what's breaking your heart at the moment. <sighs> When I look down from my place down onto North Minyana Kailor, I still see there's lots of greenery coming up down the bottom. And probably because you're high up, you see it more. I see sticks and that's been like four years. It's just taking a long, long time. When you're coming home on the Bendy Road, it always surprise, never ceases to surprise me that I can see the ocean, which I never should have been able to see. Um, it's And this is Four years, nearly. It's how long is it going to come back? What about your heartbreak at the moment, Jane? Oh, I don't have any. I I get I get upset with all of it. Yeah, but I'm not heartbroken. Yeah, oh, I am, but yeah, I just want to look after everything and everyone. That's my thing. And two, I feel um, that view that you're talking about, Patty, over that that land and its recovery. Um, mm. I don't look at it all the time, which your mm. property does, but it, mm. there's still um, every few months or so I'll drive down to that um, car park and get, like, quite overwhelmed mm. by how it still looks down there. So I really mm. relate mm. to that. And that view to the ocean from Bendalong Road, which I don't want to see mm. anymore. Mm. <laughs> Wish the trees mm. would grow back there. Mm. But um, it's, it's getting there. It's, it's growing, definitely there's growing. Parts the first day that I mm. went out after the fires, it was, well, that that really upset me, definitely. Mm. I was heartbroken. Yeah. But we're definitely going back to getting there. We're mm. getting there. We, we are getting there. Yeah. There's a lot of green mm. in the landscape mm. and that is such a poignant thing to remember. Mm. I think um, the everyone's first stories of that trip along Bendalong Road mm. is just, yeah, the heartbreak's hard mm. to um, put into words. But um, let's talk now about what's bringing you joy and just like in our local environment and every day for you, where's your joy coming from right oh, now, Jenny? My joy is just going for a walk and enjoying the environment. Like mm. 
I just love it when I turn over the page of my diary and there is nothing there. Oh, I can go for a 10K walk. <laughs> I can go to the bush if I want to. I can go. I'm just excited. I just love. That's what I love. Yeah, I no just, photo editing for nothing. you. It's like nothing. Just, no, I yeah. don't have to do anything. I'm just out there for as long as I want. Yeah, that's I love. Yeah. That is Enjoying joy. the environment, whether it be the water or just walking or mm. just stopping and talking and not saying, oh, I've got to go. I just enjoy the community mm. and the outdoors. Yeah. yeah, not being rushed. Yeah. That's really great. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I sort of agree. We do live in paradise. We, we're so blessed. You don't take it for granted. We have an aquatic wonderland, mm. pristine, crystal clear water. What I love is that um, I can surf with three generations, my kids, my grandkids. It's just Amazing, you know, and they'll say, "Oh, Nan, you just got air." Oh, they're so cute. <laughs> they're very cute, they're and very like we cute. are so fortunate. And sometimes I feel a bit guilty, actually, but we are surrounded by the lake, the ocean, a national park. Can never take it for granted. And whatever way the wind blows, yes. we're protected. <laughs> we are such a protected community. It's yes. fantastic. I it love is it. incredible. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a sight to behold the generations mm. of the Bartlett's. It is funny, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Oh, so no, good. the Bartlett's are out. <laughs> so good. Tell, Jenny, Jenny, can you go down and get a oh, handful God, of sand? He's making, <laughs> he's making he's a dive. He's making the old lady. <laughs> um, come down. I come up. I've got my contact lens. Fire. <laughs> <laughs> that's surfing with Patty's grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. That's so awesome. But that's um, what the community's mm, like. Yeah. Mm. Yes, yeah. you, you surf with, well, we're over, mm. long way over 60, mm-hmm. we're looking at 70, but, mm. you know, surfing with a six-year-old and having this game, like, how mm. lucky are we? Mm. Like, it's fabulous. Yeah, fabulous. absolutely. Mm. And what's bringing your hope at the moment? The youth voice. They're the ones that they should be part of the decision makers because they're the ones that are going to suffer or reap the benefits of the consequences. Like... Um, Council this week had a delegation to, uh, there was a delegation to the Shoalhaven Council meeting. Young people, they want to be represented and they want their perspective supporting council submission into the government inquiry about the impacts of climate change. They want their ideas, their experiences heard um, because it's a discussion about their future and they even mentioned things like the role of biodiversity to enrich the economy. They, they have some great thoughts and ideas. Yeah. So the youth, I'm hopeful. Yeah. I'm hopeful. The yes. youth are definitely leading the way and yes. we can support them in they that. Which is future. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's definitely really hopeful. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So thank you so much for being here today, Patty and Jenny. <laughs> I just want to sort of say what an amazing thing surfing community is and when we talk about all those generations <laughs> being in the ocean together. I just want to say what a great gift it's been to share um, being in surfing community with you and with the women that surf in Manana mm. and um, <laughs> it's been awesome. I just can't, we can't leave this podcast without mentioning the fact that Jenny has often been called or referred to as the sheriff and I think that um, Je- Jenny's fighting for justice has <laughs> has often had her tell people when it is not their turn. Not their and turn. Not their turn. <laughs> and thank you for being a voice for justice no in the sea and out.
And the sheriff's badge is still around. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for being the sheriff, Jenny, and, and thank you for the legacy that you left in Benyana, Patty, and mm-hmm. for being here today. Thank you. Thank you. So Patty and Jenny's book has a buy a book, save a life line as, as their uh, little motto there. So buy a book, save a life. You can get access to Patty and Jenny's book via their Facebook site, which is Five Villages, through the Bendy store and Ulladulla Bookshop. We will have links in the show notes to how you can access their amazing little book, which is an ode of love to the community and the place of the Five Villages. That concludes this episode of Active and Effective, a podcast about the many creative ways that women can find to be active and effective for the places they love and the people that they love and how we can lead joyful lives alongside that in uncertain times. If anything from this episode resonates, check out all the resources that are available in the show notes. Active and Effective is a collaboration of Sunny Road, Storywalks. It is made possible with funding from the Shoalhaven Arts Board, Sense of Place Grants.